Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking hey, mutt! Tom, you, Tom, you, Tom, you Tom, fucking Tom, piece Tom, of Tom, shit! Tom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on! Now, now, Donnie. You insulted me a little bit. Just a little bit. But the headlines, the major headlines, they keep coming. And look at this. You just got another subpoena. I wonder how that works. Who takes your subpoenas? Is it your head of security? I think his name is or was something like Maddie Calamari. Seems about right. Because at this point, you might have more indictments than Joe Colombo. But let's get serious. This January 6th committee, buddy, it just doesn't want to go away. What are you going to do? The breaking news, the January 6th committee just subpoenaed Donald Trump. This historic move stems from their investigation into the attack on the U.S. Capitol. CNN received a copy of the panel's letter and subpoena moments ago. The committee voted unanimously to compel Trump to testify under oath and provide documents about his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. What does this mean? Does this mean that you actually get to testify? That you will sit in front of the committee and answer questions, real questions? I guess a part of you would really, really love that. You would be back front and center. That red tie, nice blue suit, a perfect orange hue for the cameras, a haircut that accentuates that comb over. Is this what we are looking at, Donnie? Talk to me. What are your lawyers saying? Own as a thug or a hoodlum. That, is that the classification or category you'd come in? Proceed. I respectfully decline to answer because I honestly believe my answer might tend to incriminate me. Are you also known as a racketeer and gangster? I respectfully decline to answer because I honestly believe my answer might tend to incriminate me. Down to brass tacks here. The subpoena requires Donnie and his team to turn over documents by November 4th and appear for a deposition on or about November 14th. It says the interview could last several days. The panel asked Don Don if he could respond promptly and if he intended to take the fifth if he showed up. Katie, I want to bring in Michael Beschloss as well to talk about the precedent here because three presidents, sitting presidents, were subpoenaed by Congress. Uh, none of them testified under a subpoena. Bill Clinton testified voluntarily. The first was Thomas Jefferson for documents, Richard Nixon for tapes. Jefferson refused. Nixon uh, resigned so that the subpoena was no longer operative. It was for the tapes. And then, of course, Bill Clinton to testify, and he did so voluntarily. But, Katie, an extraordinary hearing, dramatic hearing. The subpoena issued on Friday seeks records of calls, texts, signal exchanges, which seems odd that Trump would use this encrypted app. He seems like more of a face-to-face guy. Nobody talks, everybody walks type. They also want other messages concerning the events of January 6th, communications with members of Congress from December 18th, 2020 to January 6th of 2021, his handwritten notes, and fundraising appeals based on claims of widespread voter fraud and documents related to the fellows over there at the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, or other militia groups, and information about the planning of the rally that preceded the attack on the Capitol. Sounds like good stuff. So the nation is now seeing very literally the written roadmap, according to the January 6th committee, to Donald Trump's coup culpability. 
for the first time. This is the formal letter, summons, and subpoena from the House January 6th committee. And this new legally binding document cites evidence to show why Trump must, they say, legally cooperate. And this new material puts Trump at the center of the coup plot to overturn the election. The committee writing that he maliciously disseminated false allegations of voter fraud, corrupted the Justice Department, ran the effort to transmit false electoral certificates that may yet yield more indictments. It's basically saying he committed crimes and pressured Pence to help the coup, even though, according to the committee, Trump knew at the time in advance that the Pence plot was illegal. And then, of course, summoning supporters who Trump knew were armed, according to the committee's investigation to that D.C. rally and the storming of the Capitol. From the start of this January 6th thing, I have to admit, I understand why we have to do it. I also understand that a lot of the dream team that stormed the Capitol have been charged and convicted in a federal court, which is a good thing. But there is one thing that nags me, it bothers me, is politicians as public theater and politicians using the platform of the January 6th investigation as this form of PR that helps no one. Maybe I need to do some more research and at the end of the day, what are the results of this committee? Is it going to be a book on Amazon that I can read? Is all of this information headed someplace soon? Maybe Merrick Garland at the Justice Department? What is the timing of all of this with the midterms coming up? I have a lot of questions. You take it as a whole. I mean, you've got Donald Trump who's going to try and protect himself. You've got Lindsey Graham, who is a key piece in the evidence, the evidentiary chain between his conversation with Brad Raffensperger, the secretary yep. of state of Georgia, and Donald Trump's effort to try and get Raffensperger to find votes to get him elected in Georgia. Um, and you put all those together and you've got people and Steve Bannon. I mean, what you've got here is a masterful cover up. What they're trying to do is hide the ball. Donald Trump is not going to cooperate. He's not going to testify. Anything he says will be used against him and he'll wind up having a perjury charge tossed upon all the other charges that he's facing at this point. So I don't see him cooperating. The question is, you know, how aggressive is the committee going to get? They're not going to go to court and try and enforce that subpoena because it's going to run out the clock. I mean, it looks like now that the Republicans are more likely than not to take the majority in Congress. It may not happen, but most likely. And if that happens, the committee is disbanded and any kind of effort in court would be immediately nullified. So they really have a choice. They either try and force them in by through publicity or they get the sergeant at arms out there bring him in, sit him down at the table, and start asking him questions. There is no precedent as of now for Congress to compel a former president to testify. Although, fun fact, Gerald R. Ford, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Herbert Hoover, and Harry Truman voluntarily testified before Congress in the past. So Trump would definitely have esteemed company, if nothing else. As the news broke, across the internet that Trump had been subpoenaed, which I thought might be a big deal, I decided to go across town and check on the Fox News website. Always want to hear both sides of the story. Was a little confused as I couldn't find one article on the subpoena. The more important news seemed to be a story about Thursday Night Football, Elon Musk, 
and some microwave weapon that the Ukrainians want to use against Russia. No need to report on a subpoena of an ex-president. Ah, the joy of Fox News. Oh, the joy. Is Rupert fucking dead yet? I'm just checking. After the World Trade Center happened, Trump was at the gr- at ground zero, and he was paying out of his own pocket. Where did you hear that? I'm so curious. It's on YouTube. Everything's on YouTube. You gotta know how to fact check. You gotta love the enthusiasm. And yet, I have that nagging feeling of fatigue. A feeling that no matter what happens, this new day in American politics is here to stay forever. This new day revolves around a contest. Let's call it the stupid contest and a race to the bottom. In two weeks, the midterm elections will give us Americans a sense of how close to the bottom we actually are. I read a stat recently that 70% of the Republicans feel that Joe Biden is not a legitimate president. And some of these new candidates running right now, well, they make Sarah Palin look like a fucking Rhodes Scholar. I think at this point in a presidential election, I would welcome Sarah Palin. That is just how far we have fallen. Is there any hope? Any hope like Barry O says? Maybe. I'm not a pessimist by trade, but I have a feeling When I watch some of the midterm coverage and see where this shakes out, I'm either going to be pleasantly surprised or even more depressed than I already am when it comes to this discourse. We turn now to the high stakes midterms election day exactly four weeks away and the balance of power on Capitol Hill is at stake. There are key races to watch from coast to coast. NBC national political correspondent Steve Kornacki is here along with the big board to show us where things stand. Let's set the table first. We're four weeks out from election day. Nothing less than control of Congress in both houses is on the ballot. Yeah, I mean, Democrats come into this with control of both chambers, but Barely. I mean, take a look at this. 50-50 in the Senate. Remember, Kamala Harris as the vice president breaks the tie for the Democrats right now. And on the House side, the Democrats, this is their majority, 222-213. It means the Republicans, if they can just pick up five seats in the House, Republicans would flip it and would have control of it. Well, let's talk about the president's approval rating. At, usually in a midterm election, the party in the White House loses seats. What does the approval rating tell us about this? Yeah, and this is where Democrats, I think, are in some of their biggest trouble because Just take a look at it. This is the average of all the polls out there right now. Joe Biden's approval rating, 42.9%. And if you look at the recent presidents who've taken a drubbing in midterm elections, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, go back to Bill Clinton, their numbers looked just like this. So that's the trouble sign for Democrats. But what's not quite tracking with that, it's interesting. This is the generic ballot where you ask folks in polling, do you want the Republicans or the Democrats to control Congress? Republicans lead on this, but you can see that's less than one point. That's a 0.9% lead for Republicans. In the past, you'd expect that to be higher. So a little bit of an uncertainty there. Across the world, American democracy does shine a little bit of a light. It's dimmed recently, but free elections, a free voting public, these things have just always been a beacon that the United States of America and our citizens can look to. But if you follow some of the news on early voting and are tracking some of the threats that have been happening to election officials, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but guys with AK-47s and camo standing outside voting centers, 
because in their words, they are trying to stop the steal. This is territory that you might see in uh, third world countries led by despots. According to reporting in Politico, national security officials are tracking multiple threats to the nation's election security infrastructure and are set to issue warnings, including an internal intelligence bulletin this week. The bulletin will lay out details of cyber threats posed by China and Russia, as well as other non-state actors and potential physical threats to election officials in jurisdictions across the country. The warnings come as the midterm elections near and amid increasing reports of intimidation at ballot drop boxes. I think what happens moving forward is within any election in any state where you have staunch, let's call them raid the Capitol Republicans, the idea of not accepting defeat will just become normal. If I'm a Republican and I watch Donnie just not accept election results as president, I'm following in his footsteps and guess what? No one within the Republican Party has any backbone to stand up and say that this shit has got to go. Now, some of you might think that this podcast is partisan and my political leanings are towards the left. I don't need to get into any of that and it doesn't matter. I'm for the party of not being fucking stupid. What I'm fighting for is just some common sense here. Let's get back to a baseline of truth, a baseline of some form of political decency. On the left, identity politics need to be toned down. We all have to think real hard on our current political systems and change them. And God, I pray that a younger generation can come up with some vital solutions that don't alienate the right in a way that makes them head even farther into extremism. And to you, Donnie, on the next episode, I can't wait to hear some of these audio interviews you did with my pal Bob Woodward. And I would love to know if you are happy he's releasing them unedited and uncut. I'll mine them for some gems, Donnie. Don't worry. Journalist Bob Woodward has become the author of record about the modern American presidency. Now Woodward's releasing an audiobook, allowing us to listen in on former President Donald Trump in his own words. Mr. Woodward, the president. Hi, Bob. President Hi. Trump, how are you? The phone would ring. Is it a robocall or is it Trump? I'm turning my recorder on here as I always do. I respect Putin. I think Putin likes me. I think I like him. I said to the king, king. You got to pass for protection. I bring rage out. I do bring rage out. I always have. I don't know if that's an asset or a liability, but whatever it is, I do. There were 16 phone calls, 20 interviews all told, eight hours of conversations, which Woodward has compiled into an audiobook. In many ways, it's the missing piece of the Trump story. We've heard a lot of Trump. He's said a lot. But what did he do in the presidency? And uh, having the time, I could go back and ask questions again and again. I reported on this in the book I did, Rage, but I then went back and listened to these tapes and said, my God, there is a whole new Trump that emerges. We got along great. We've always gotten along great. You meet somebody and you have a good chemistry and there is a lot of stuff to it. You meet a woman 
In one second, you know whether or not it's all going to happen. Okay. We had a very good chemistry together.